0: Well friends, thank you so much. We are really, really going to miss you when we move to Guildford and thank you so much for the home uh, that this place has been for us. It's been a wonderful place to be for the last four years. Thank you for your friendship, for your prayer, for your support. Um, Thanks particularly to Paul for being the best training incumbent that I could have asked for. We've had a wonderful curacy here uh, and we will really miss you as we follow God's call and go to exciting things in Guildford. Uh, but I'm really excited that Paul's asked me to speak tonight on Romans chapter 8. So do grab uh, the Bibles in front of you uh, and turn to page 1134. Uh, and it's a message that's really on my, ha- on my heart. Uh, if I could only preach one chapter of Scripture for the rest of my life, Romans chapter 8 would be right up there with one of those that I, that I, I might choose. Um, we're starting a new sermon series looking at life in the Spirit about how it is that we walk through the Christian life filled with God's empowering presence within us. And there's nothing else, really, I'd like to speak on as we say goodbye to somewhere that's been so special and so significant for us over the last four years. Uh, and there are two things that I'd like to talk about, really, from Romans chapter 8. And the first one it, is to talk a bit about what, how being a Christian is meant to feel, uh, about how we find being a Christian, how we experience our faith. Um, so let me turn that into, into a question. How are you experiencing your faith at the moment? How are you finding being a Christian? Um, how much are you finding it joy and delight and life-giving? Uh, and how much hard work and a bit of a burden and feeling a bit weary? When you, when you think of God, do you feel rested and peaceful and a big smile bursts onto your face? Or do you feel a bit guilty or um, a bit tired or a bit worried? Do you ever feel like you're not quite as good a Christian as the person who's sitting next to you or who's across the road? Do you ever feel a bit inadequate as a Christian? Do you ever feel like there's a standard that you just don't quite match up to? Well, if you do, then there is good news for us in Romans chapter 8 here. And here is the message of the gospel, that there is a bar, there is a standard, and you don't reach it but Jesus has reached it for us. That's the good news of our faith. And the thing is that we know it's true of salvation, of how we become Christians, that we're saved through grace by Jesus' death on the cross. But here's the thing, it's true of sanctification too. It's true of how we go on in the Christian life as well. As John Wimber put it, the way in is the way on. The way in is the way on. And so really today, we're talking about holiness, about how we become the people that we long to be. And I don't know about you, but I long to be so much more than I am. I want to be kinder. I want to be more generous than I am at the moment. I want to be more compassionate. I want to be a better husband than I am at the moment, a better father than I am at the moment, a better vicar than I am at the moment. I want to be wiser more than anything i want more of jesus i want to know him more to know his love more i want more of his holy spirit i know you do too and it's that desire that we have to to live well to be the best version of ourselves to step into all the potential of our lives and of our lives as followers of jesus that desire is ultimately a desire for holiness because holiness isn't a set of behaviors it's not a rigid tick box Holiness at its heart is an intimate walk with the God who is himself holy. Until as we spend time in his presence, we start to reflect him the way that Moses did when he spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain and he came down and his face was shining because he'd been with the Lord. That as we see him, we are transformed day by day from one degree of glory to another and we become more holy, more compassionate, more graceful, more loving, more like the God who we worship. Uh, and the problem is that so often we pursue those things that we long for as Christians in the world's way, in, a, in the wrong way. We pursue those things, those good things that we seek, but we don't pursue them the Lord's way. And so it doesn't go very well. <laughs> I know that the harder I try to be loving and kind, to be patient with my kids, to be graceful, the more I'm aware I can't manage it. I know, I have a picture in my mind of how I'd like to be, and I'm not that person. And the harder we try, the more we're aware of where we fall short. And that can lead us in several directions. It can lead us to um, despair, where we think, I'm never going to beat this. I'm never going to be the person I want to be. I just can't shake this battle, this issue. I I can't do it, and we despair. Um, Or maybe we turn to shame and guilt, and we kind of beat ourselves up, because we know that we're not the person that we long to be, so we turn, in, and there's that inward, critical voice that's telling us we're never going to manage it. Um, perhaps we just feel weary and tired of the slog because we keep going day by day, but it doesn't feel life-giving. It just feels like effort, and we're not getting there. We feel like we're taking the punches but not making any progress. Um, And, of course, if we're pursuing this in our own strength, if we're just trying harder and harder, and we think we've got somewhere, that's dangerous too because I start to think, well, I've managed this because I've been so great. So I feel a bit smug and a bit superior, and I look down at the person next to me who hasn't made all the progress that I've made. And that's no good either. So where do we find it? Where do we find the power to live the lives that we long to? Where do we find the ability to draw closer to God, to find this holiness that we long for in our hearts? Well, Romans chapter 8 is the answer, and we see two things here. In verses 1 to 4, there's this opposition between spirit and law. And then in verses 5 to 11, this opposition between spirit and flesh. And both of them help us to see how we can draw closer to God and become more like him. And the first thing we see in the first four verses of Romans are that our holiness is made possible by the cross. It's made possible by the cross. Read with me from verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And Paul's finishing here a long exploration in chapter 7 of the pros and cons of what he's calling law as a way of approaching God. Uh, And the idea of law is basically all about effort and earning. You work hard, you do better, you meet the standard. There are good things that you want to do. That's what the law describes. The law describes all the good things that we want to do and be. And we're going to get there by trying harder. But here's the problem in Romans chapter 7. Let me read from verse 18. Romans chapter 7 is just a description of the religious life when you're trying to get there by trying harder, living under law. Romans 7 from verse 18. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I don't do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. That's the experience of living under law. And it leads Paul to cry in Romans chapter 7, verse 24. What a wretched man I am. For I know what I want to do, but I don't have the power to do it. The things that I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, they're the things that I do. And it can get exhausting. It's exhausting. What a wretched man I am, he cries. So often we feel weary in our faith. Because we're actually approaching things, trusting fundamentally in our own effort, our own ability to meet the law and fulfill the law, do the good things we want to do in our own strength rather than in him. And this misery that Romans 7 articulates, it's often how Christianity is experienced. But it is not how it is meant to be. It's not how it's meant to be. This evening, are we trusting in him? Or when it comes down to it, are we trusting more in ourselves in practice in the day-to-day? And it always reminds me of a bench press. When you go to the gym, one of the things you can do is you can lie down on on this bench, and there's a big bar of weights, and you kind of lower the bar down to your chest, and then you push it up again, and then you lower it down, and then you push it back, and you keep going until you get bored. Or until, what often happens to me, that you lower it down, and then you try and push up, but the weight's too heavy and you're pushing but it's not going up and then what actually happens is it starts to go backwards and still it sinks into your chest and starts to crush you a little bit. And then you're in trouble because you've got this big weight lying across your chest and you're pushing but nothing's happening. What do you do in that situation? Well, if you're by yourself, not very much, you're in trouble. You have to do something quite embarrassing which is called the roll, where you kind of try and roll off the bench with the weight pressing down. You end up with a bruise over your chest not recommended. And that's why what you're meant to do is to have someone standing behind you called a spot. And then when the weight's pressing down and you can't push it up anymore you kind of go help help and they lean forward and they pick it up and they put it back on the rack and you're okay. That's why you need to go in a pair to have someone to help you. And that's a great illustration of life under the law. The weight represents the law. There's nothing wrong with the weight. There's no problem with going to the gym and doing weights. There's no problem with the weight itself. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to stay fit. The problem's with me. I'm not strong enough to lift it. Lifting the weight would be great, but I'm just too weak. And that's what Paul's describing in Romans chapter 8 and verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. The good things we want to do, they're good things. We're just too weak to do them because We are living in the flesh. The flesh is the Bible's way of referring to our sinful nature, our fundamental human selfishness. The fact that no matter what I do, it's tainted by selfishness at some level. Even at my most loving, my most kind, when I'm doing something really sacrificial, a little bit of me wants to get some appreciation back or some affirmation back or to be recognized for how good and generous I'm being. Even at our most selfless, we're a bit tainted by self. It's what it is to be human, a mix of good and bad all the time. And what that means is that it's like trying to lift a weight that's too much. We're sinful from birth. And however hard we try to do the good things that we long to do, we just can't do it. It's like a weight pressing down on us. Good things we want to do, but we can't get there based on our own effort. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Romans chapter 8. And verse one, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. No condemnation. We've been set free from the law of sin and death. That experience of Romans chapter seven in verse 23 of chapter seven, it tells us that it's the experience of someone who is a prisoner of the law of sin. We're living just trying to do it in our own strength, lying on that rat by ourselves, pushing up and the weight's not moving. But that is no longer our situation because there is now no condemnation for you or I. Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. How? Romans chapter 8, verse 3 For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. What the law was powerless to do, God did. Lying on the rack, pushing and nothing happening. And what we were powerless to do, he did. He lifts it, picks it right up, puts it back on the rack, sets us free. We're no longer being crushed by this expectation that we can't reach because he has lifted it. And how does he do it? In verse 3, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. The weight that we couldn't lift, he lifted. The life that we couldn't live, he lived. The death that we deserve to die, he died in our place. And the sin that holds us back, that enslaves us, that condemns us, he destroys. My friends, the way in is the way on. Do you want to know Jesus more? Do you want to be closer to him? Do you want to be more like him? Well, you won't get there by yourself any more than I would, lying on that bench pressing up at the weight. Your sinful nature makes you powerless to get there. But on that cross, Jesus Christ took our sinful nature and he died to nail our sin to that tree, to free us from it, to condemn sin in sinful humanity so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in you, in you the righteous requirements of the law are fully met, fully met. The good things that you long to do are now possible. The picture of yourself that you imagine that you long to be is now possible. It wasn't possible before. It wouldn't be possible in your own strength, but he has done what the law was powerless to do, set us free from sin. Who are you trusting for your holiness today? Are you trusting in your ability? Are you trusting in his cross? Because the way in is the way on. And our holiness, like our forgiveness, is only possible in him. That's the first thing. The cross makes our holiness possible. And here's the second. That the spirit makes our holiness real. That's verses five to 11. There are now two ways that we can live, we see in verses five to 11. We can live governed by the flesh, Ruled by our sinful nature, how we were before Jesus died for us. Or now there's a new way we can live, governed by the Spirit, ruled by the Spirit, this new power in our lives to make us more like Jesus. Let's read from verse 5. Those who live according to their flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. You are in the realm of the spirit. It's not something you have to work hard to make happen it's not something you have to try hard to do or be it's happened for you when you put your trust in jesus you are filled with his holy spirit you are brought into the realm of the spirit and jesus puts his risen life in you your holiness is now possible because of what he did on that cross and his holy spirit within you is with you to make that holiness real So our hope is verse 11, where it says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. And that verse is talking about heaven. When we see him face to face, we will be given life. Because we'll see him as he is. All presence of sin will disappear. We will become perfectly holy, perfectly connected to Jesus, perfectly loving. All sin and all that is wrong will vanish because we'll be with him. That's what he's going to do. But do you see that there's a line that connects then and now? Jesus died for us on the cross to reconcile us to him at the last day he will present us before him spotless removing all sin and in the present in the meantime his spirit is with us to make us progressively more like him day by day you can be more like Jesus tomorrow than you are today you can be more loving next week than you are this week you can be closer to Jesus next year than you are this year Just because you're converted, it doesn't mean that you've reached the end goal. There is more for you. There is a closer intimacy to Jesus. There is a greater likeness to his spirit. There is a greater love. It is possible because of what he did on that cross. You'll get there perfectly when you see him after death. But it's possible now too, an increased intimacy, an increased holiness. Uh, And Paul's telling us this. Because he wants us to lean into it. He wants us to live accordingly. He wants us to cooperate with what is possible in the here and now. Our job, he says in verse 5, is to set our minds on what the Spirit desires. In verse 13, to put to death the misdeeds of the body. He's saying you are alive in the Spirit. You have Jesus' resurrection power living within you. So live like it. Lean in. And When I go on holiday, when I'm on a plane flying somewhere... About halfway through the plane journey, I'll take my watch and I'll adjust it to the new time zone that I'm going to be in. And when uh, we get, Sarah and I were going to Tenerife in a few weeks' time, having a break between here and starting in Emmanuel, so we'll be in somewhere nice, it'll be warm, there'll be good food, there'll be a different time zone. Now, if I say to Sarah, let's go for lunch at 1 and I meet her at 1, but I haven't changed my watch, she won't be there, because I'm still operating on English time, even though we're over there in Tenerife. When you go abroad, you've got to change your watch. Changing my watch doesn't make me be there or not. I'm in Tenerife whether I change my watch or not. The question is, am I going to live like it? And it's like that as Christians. You have been set free from the rule of sin. You have been given the possibility of holiness. You have been given the spirit of the living God to live within you. Change your watch. Live like it. Don't live like you're still under the rule of sin. Don't live like you don't have the power to say no. Don't live like you don't have the ability to press in and to seek him more. It's all open, it's all yours in Jesus. Will you change your watch and live like it? Will you live like you're still in the old reality? Uh, It's just like a parent with their toddler. Because I'm a good and kind and generous father, um, I give to my kids all of the food that well Sarah does most of the time, but sometimes I give to my kids all the food that they could need to grow and be healthy, and I provide James, who's 10 months old, with the best food he could ask for, with broccoli and with courgettes and with peas and all the things that would be really good for him. And I put them on the table in front of him, and he kind of takes his 10-month-old hand and swipes them to the floor. And I try and put something healthy, you know, some salmon puree or something like that, and it smells horrible, and I put it in his mouth and he spits it out. I'm giving him everything that he could possibly need to grow and to thrive. And he just knocks it away. Don't be a Christian like that. Don't be a Christian like that. God has given you everything that you need to grow in godliness. He has invited you into the holy of holies. He's put his spirit within you. All you've got to do is accept what he's giving and you will thrive. But so often as Christians, we live in the old reality. We say, no, I'm going to look to myself. Thanks very much. Thanks for forgiveness, Jesus. I'm going to get on with doing it my way now. And it doesn't go very well. Are you trusting in yourself or in him? Are you living for yourself or for him? Our holiness is possible. We can grow to be more like him and closer to him because of what he did on that cross and our holiness will be made progressively more real day by day by his spirit if we let him if we cooperate it doesn't happen in the absence of our choice he's not going augustine said it beautifully augustine said without him we cannot without us he will not without him we cannot you can't be holy without him it's not possible however hard you try the bar will crush you but because of him we can he's lifted it but without us he will not He won't do it unless we ask him to, unless we invite him in. Um, Our place isn't just to strive in our own strength, just like pushing the bar. It's not going to get me very far. Our place is to go, help, help, and he'll lift it. Take advantage of the spirit that the Lord Jesus has put inside you to come closer to him. It is all yours in Jesus. Change your watch. This year, I spent several months reading a book by Dallas Willard, Renovation of the Heart, which is all about how our hearts can be changed and transformed over life to become more like Jesus. And it really helped me in my journey to become more like him. There are three things that I really took in, kind of was awoken up up to, truths that I'd known but I'd forgotten or had pushed to the side and came more central as I read that. And the first thing it, it, it helped me with is seeing that holiness is possible. And that's really what I want to get across tonight, that because of what Jesus has done, your holiness is possible. You can be more like Jesus. You can have more of him if you want to. Our holiness is possible. It's great news what he's done for us. Uh, And the second thing I took is, is the importance of giving over our will to him. It's that fact that without him we cannot, but without us he will not. We have to give ourselves to him. We have to be the toddler who accepts the food that's being offered. We have to change our watch. We have to make a choice to lean in and to say, Lord, I want this. Everything you're giving me, I want it, it's yours. We have to make a choice. Uh, and the third thing is the importance of what we do with our minds. It's in verse 5, where it tells us to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. That's the choice that we can make, to set our minds on the things of God. That's why we memorize Scripture, to put them down in our, in our hearts. That's why we meet together in church on a Sunday. It's why we meet, to pray with other believers in the middle of the week. It's why we take time at the start of the day to pray, Come, Holy Spirit, fill me and change me. If we choose to set our minds on Him, run towards Him, press in, He will transform us day by day into the likeness of Jesus. Um, There's the old story of a man who used to race dogs and people would bet on them, and uh, he would always make loads of money because he always knew which dog was going to win the race before people took bets. And someone asked him once, How do you know? How do you always know which dog's going to win the race? Uh, He said, It's very simple. I feed one, and that's the one that wins. I feed one, and that's the one that wins. What are you feeding? Are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding your spirit? The grass is always greener where you water it. Uh, Are you watering the flesh or are you watering the spirit? We can choose to give him our will, to give him our lives, and to set our minds on the things of the spirit, to put in the scriptures, not to put in the trash that's going to lead us away from him. To sow to the spirit, not to sow to the flesh. But here's the thing. You can try and do that and it can be a burden. You can just feel like a slog, and you'll get nowhere. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, if you're just pressing the bar in your own strength, it'll go nowhere. But it all changes when our eyes go to him, when we do it in his power and his strength, when we trust in his power, not mine, and the burden's lifted because he carries it. We're carried by the Spirit. He does the heavy lifting. We're just brought along. This is what is possible if we ask him to come and change us. We don't have to feel like that wretched man of Romans chapter 7 because Jesus says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me, take the, let me take the load and come and be transformed by my power in you. And that's what it means to walk in freedom and not in slavery because God will bear in us love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, the fruit of his spirit as we allow him to. It's his power, not ours. You can't do it, he can. What the law was powerless to do, God's already done. Will we ask him to fill us with his spirit and to bear in us the holiness that Jesus died to bring us? It means that we serve in his strength. It means that we trust in his victory. It means that we rejoice and receive all the fruit of what is ours on the cross. Will you stand with me and shall we pray? And we just pray the oldest prayer of the church. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Spirit of the living God and fill your...